was told you were coming. So, who do you kill for fun around? If this girl gives him one minute of happiness, it is one minute too yeah, much. Baby. She's not angel anymore. I'm back. Jeez. I don't like vampires. I'll take a stand and say they're not good. You like again. Fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this way. Welcome to Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. And this is going to be episode nine of season two. What's my line? Part one. Yeah. The best episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer ever. You guys, <laughs> the, <laughs> I don't think I can go that far. <laughs> the what could possibly go wrong? This is perfect in every way. Episode <laughs> of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh wait, no, it's it's not once more with feeling. My bad. No. <laughs> I got ahead of myself. That's seasons away. <laughs> seasons. Streets ahead. Streets ahead. Oh god damn it. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Do not start bringing in community references. Yeah, fuck you, Chevy Chase. Nobody likes you. Did anybody even like you when you were young? How does anybody I think even. He was popular once. How does anybody even do that much cocaine? That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Chevy Chase, I require you to call us and give us that information. Um, did you notice that this is the first episode that does not start with the whole. Uh, every generation of Slayer is born. <gasps> no, and I'm ashamed of myself. I actually d- had to double check it and make sure that it wasn't the last episode that also did that. But yeah, I'm really upset. I'm really upset that I did not notice that. You I'm, should feel ashamed of yourself. I'm legitimately upset and, in fact, ashamed of myself. I'm going to go knit a sweater for homeless <laughs> children. That's... <laughs> That's how ashamed of myself I am. And do you know how difficult that's going to be? I don't knit. I'm not a knitter. You fucking knitter. I'm friends with lots of knitters. They're wonderful people. Yes. Well, some of them. Most of them. Sure. (laughs) 50-50. The one crocheter... That I can think of off the top of my head. I can't stand that person. <laughs> I have no idea who that is. They're an awful... You, you don't gonna, want to. They're an awful human being. We're going to keep it that way. All right. How about this, a mom synopsis? This is based... Joshua! <laughs> tell me about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I thought there was only one Vampire Slayer. Why are there two? I don't know, Mom. And why does she have such a fucking ridiculous accent? Jeez. Ah, uh, cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I have an excellent impression of that coming up when we get there. Oh, God. I can't wait to hear that, Joshua. <laughs> Your impressions have always pleased me. <laughs> You've never been a disappointment in any way possible. <laughs> what else is this episode about, Joshua? Why is that man made of worms? <laughs> I don't know. And why does he need to drink tea? That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get to the episode now? Well, if you're in such a fucking rush, I suppose so. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. strength. Give, give, give me more! Nights, I shall give, walk give, in give, here. Give, 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 give. Hold on. You've got something here. So cold open. Yeah. Um to a special kind of hell as everyone is taking vocational aptitude tests. Yeah. Did you ever take any of these when you were in school? I took one. I don't remember the result of it at all. Mine came up as entrepreneur. Huh. Which I guess this is doing a podcast is kind of entrepreneurial. Entrepreneurial. I mean, I saw a thing on Reddit the other day that was specifically a thread to telling people not to start a new podcast because it won't go anywhere. I'm like, well, fuck you. No, that's bullshit. That's complete bullshit. And there's always a call for new media. Also, occasionally, I'm kind of clever, if I do say so myself. And he does. So, it's a career fair. Yep. And boy, is Xander just... Complaining up a storm about this. Well, so's Buffy. 
everybody's just in a they're, right state. They're all so mopey, except Willow, who's it's, never mopey. Yeah, well, I mean... Well, almost okay, never mopey. Almost never. She certainly was not mopey at this point in time. Definitely not. She's very excited about this career fair. She was the closest thing to a voice of sanity we had. Yep. So, Willow says... You won't always be young, Xander. And Xander says, no, but I will always be stupid. Pause. Don't everybody rush to disagree with me. Buffy reluctantly replies, <laughs> you're not stupid. I'm like, no, why don't? Stop, Buffy. Stop. He's, but. <sighs> he is, though. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I mean, he's not. We're not seeing too much evidence to the contrary. Sure, no, he's. He's not an idiot. He's witty. And he's witty, yeah. but he is not an intellectual by any means. But also didn't deserve for Buffy to throw him that bone. Yeah, so, on, on Z- based on Xander. Based, based on, on Xander. Xander, the man needs no more bones. Yes. <laughs> and then Cordelia comes in and she's... Oh, fuck, I, I totally forgot she came in. She's also filling out the stupid little <laughs> test that they're all taking. She's like, I aspire oh. to help my fellow man check as long as he's not smelly or dirty or something and Xander's like Cordelia Chase always ready to give a helping hand to the rich and the pretty (laughs) Cordelia responds well I guess that excludes you twice oh and he's like is murder always a crime (laughs) Uh, sometimes I wonder yeah sometimes I wonder myself Xander (laughs) and the answer is usually yes yes so just stop stop with that pretty much always a crime with that line of questioning (laughs) so randomly buffy's like do i like shrubs like why the fuck is there a shrub question on this test gardeners i guess why is the question do you like shrubs why isn't it like do you like flowers do you like growing things yeah i i yeah i don't know I don't know. I really want to see the test they took. I did legitimately enjoy Xander's response, though. He says his his answer to that is <laughs> that's between you and your god. <laughs> so, I and Willow's like, I I fell on the positive side of shrubs. <laughs> god, very pro shrub. And then Xander, so Buffy says something catty. She's like, "Do the words sealed in fate ring any bells for you, Will?" And Xander's like, you know, with that attitude, you could have had a bright future as an employee at the DMV. (laughs) Which, sure, witty. How many cars has Xander owned, do you think? None. None. He specifically mentions later in this episode how he doesn't have a ride. doesn't have a car (laughs) and has to get a ride from Cordelia. Now, the whole point of this scene, though, is about Buffy being sad and dejected because she's not going to have a career. She's the Slayer. Yeah, it's pointless for her to even take this test because her fate is sealed. Right, but this is this is the, the, the hoop of the week that Snyder is making her jump through. Yes, the infamous Snyder, and who so rarely shows his face anymore, which is kind of disappointing. Yeah. I mean, he was in this episode, but briefly. Yeah, very briefly. Very briefly. I think they're saving him up for next season. I hope so. I don't remember, so I legitimately hope so. So, from there we go to, to Spike and Drew's lair. Yep. And they're deciphering Latin. Nothing good yep. ever comes from deciphering Latin. <laughs> the, fucking, the nerdy vampire just cracked me up. That fucking guy. My first thought is, who the fuck decided to make this guy live forever? Right? Well, you know, it kind of makes sense. You might want some book nerds. It does, but... I mean, we don't run into too many vampires who don't just completely think with their dick or other some other form of their id. Yeah. Nobody thinks that far ahead like, oh, we're going to need a librarian or a secretary <laughs> of some sort. He, he has the dorky glasses that are a little too small for his face. Yeah. And just, oh, God. And he's just and- this sniveling little weed of a man who's like oh mr spike no don't hurt me this this scene raises a couple of questions so spike is trying to cure drusilla of whatever it is that fuck is wrong with her yeah is her what the fuck is it her insanity i my theory is that it's like a curse but then later they make it seem more like she's no. just got cancer or yeah, something. Yeah, she's like a weak. They describe her as like being weak or something. Yeah, just it's like. But I don't understand. Like 
vampires can't get colds and shit, can they? Ah, uh, yeah, not that I know but, of. Like, does she have pneumonia? Like, does she have vampire pneumonia? Like she had all these bruises on her arm later. Like, yeah. what's going on? I don't. I don't fucking under. I don't get it. Did I don't, somebody inject her with too much dead man's blood? She's undead. Right. She's a corpse that a demon lives in. What? kind of fucking sickness could she possibly remotely have that yeah. could cause this problem? And I don't remember if they ever cover that, but this is the most they've ever discussed it in any episode thus far. That's true. So uh, I'm just really curious. My best guess is it's some kind of curse. But yeah, she's looking at fucking tarot cards. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the last thing she shows is this fucking building in the tarot cards. Yeah. Which, first off, these are not actual tarot cards. The last thing they say right before the opening is that this is where you'll find the thing. And then we get the opening sequence, right? And then, of course, the place that is exactly on the card is where they are. Like, it's yeah. a, the card took a fucking... There was a picture of the exact place <laughs> that's in Sunnydale on this fucking card. Like it was maybe... So, let's say it was a picture of a mausoleum. A single, like, representation of a mausoleum. It was clearly kind of stylized and cartoony right and they just figured out that it happened to be this specific mausoleum what the fuck does not track but and it's not even that though it is the exact same mausoleum (laughs) like where she got these cards that look like they're super fucking old it's almost like she stole this deck of cards (laughs) from that mausoleum yeah and then why why do they have to go back it's like a vampire got stuck in there for years (laughs) and had nothing better to do And they had some construction paper with them. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But Buffy walks up to the the mausoleum, sees the dude breaking into the mausoleum to, like, steal something. Some other vampire runs up behind her immediately. Before that, though, it's the nerdy vampire. Yes. He walks out and she's like, why are you people always doing these sorts of things? And she's like, oh, vampires aren't people. I want to ask a question. Are vampires people? What defines a people? I think within the canon of this show, obviously, the difference is whether or not you're uh, currently occupied by a demon or a soul. I suppose. Yeah. So, a demon angels is, of people. Angels of people. Angel is the only vampire people. Correct. I can live with that. That we know of. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, the, the other vampire sneaks... <laughs> quote, sneaks up behind sneaky, her. Sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. <laughs> He's a sneaky snake. <laughs> she kills him with very little flourish. Very little e- effort either. And yeah. my God, the look on her face. She was so surprised that the other guy was gone when she turned around. It's almost like there was zero precedent for a vampire ever running yeah. away from a fight. Which after I thought about it. Oh, wait. There is zero precedent for that. They always stupidly think that they're like, oh, fuck the Slayer. This is a whole problem. A lot of like video games and movies and any sort of like tabletop games and everything all have this problem where the bad guys fight to the death. Right. Why? Why fight to the death? Why fight to the death when you can run away? You're not wrong. Run away and fight another day. That's yeah. the whole fucking saying. For Absolutely. Sake. Maybe that's why somebody turned this guy into a vampire. This guy's not afraid to run from a fight <laughs> sometimes. And he can read ancient Latin. Yeah. Unless it's encoded and he needs a super <laughs> right. secret decoder cross <laughs> ring. I like I do like that it's a cross and like the vampires have to deal with it being a cross, but they don't really play into that at all. Oh yeah, they don't play into that even a little. They didn't even show them using it as the decoder ring. Like he's just uh, later just, he has it fucking in one shot down. they've got it and the next shot they've fucking used it yep. to decode like the entire library dig this dig this sorry you had to wait fire beheading hurry up sweet dreams sunlight hurry up sweet dreams and water usual oh yeah I hit him with what a desk so yeah Buffy kills the vampire uh, the uh, the nerdy vampire leaves, and so Buffy heads home. Cut to Buffy's room. Yep. Angel's just hanging out up there, going through <laughs> just... her shit. So she named her stuffed pig Mr. Gordo, and you don't speak Spanish, so you don't know what that means, do No, you? I don't. It means Mr. Fat. Really? Yes. <laughs> so, Gordo just means fat. That is a... 
Buffy, that is a very insensitive name. <laughs> it is. It kind of is. <laughs> that poor pig. <laughs> that pig wasn't even that fat. It was, it was it, quite a skinny pig, actually. Just a pig. <laughs> but no, like, he's in her room and she comes in through the window and she, like, sees him sitting there. And so she, like, plops down her bag loudly to, like, inform him of her arrival. Uh-huh. And he jumps and he's like, oh, you scared me. He's, like, clutching the pig. Right. Does he have no like, what awareness? The fuck, you're a creature of the night. Yeah. Why are you easily startled? You should have heard her climbing the side of the house. No shit. At least. Whatever. Fucking smell her. He, yeah. He, they've proven vampires have a ridiculous sense of smell. Yeah, it was the same issue when he was talking to Drusilla at the playground and yep. Buffy was like maybe a hundred feet away. Oh, th- that's a stretch even. Standing on a an invisible building structure yep. that didn't <laughs> exist. But yeah, maybe maybe Angel's soul in, interacts with his vampireness to like limit his senses. I don't that's know. That's a stretch. Yeah. No, he was clearly just too wrapped up in reading her diary and hugging her stuffed yep. pig that he couldn't be bothered to pay attention to his but surroundings. We do get a funny bit here because she's like, oh, you don't have to whisper. My mom's not home. And she and he goes, well, why did you climb through the window? And she's like, uh, habit? Habit. <laughs> Which I'm, I'm glad he asked that question because that was my first question as well before he even said it. Yep. So I'm glad they covered that at least. She's all sad and mopey because of the career thing. And he's like, hey, what's going on? Playing the... The concerned boyfriend. Is it the career fair, Buffy? (laughs) How did you know? His fucking answer to this is just perfect. (laughs) I lurk. I lurk. And they move on. You know, like he didn't say anything amiss. Like he just lurks. Yeah. That's going to be my answer for the rest of my life. (laughs) Anytime anybody asks me how I know anything, I lurk. Yeah. I'm a lurker. And refuse to give any more explanation than that. Whatsoever. (laughs) Oh, I love it. How do you know how much money I have? I lurk. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, How did you know how much I slept last night? I lurk. How do you know how much booze is in my refrigerator? Well, I lurk. (laughs) Oh, that's so creepy. Also, I have to know how much to replace after I drink it. (laughs) Yes. So... uh, she says, why are you here? It must be bad news. And he doesn't have bad news. He's literally just kind of checking in with her. She may as well have kicked a puppy. He looks so dejected. <laughs> oh God, yes. He looks so dejected by that. Oh, but you just found this like 250 year old dude snuggling your your stuffed pig when you came in. How could you be mad right. at that? How could you be mad? Never mind that he broke into your house while you were gone. There's... There's a hilarious line about that, too. She did invite him, though. So. Yes, because she is being all sad about the whole career thing. And she's like, oh, I just kind of wish I was regular people. Yeah. And he's like, I, I I could never be a kid. She says something along the lines of, oh, I can be a regular person and you can just be a creepy ancient cradle robber or something. And he was just kind of like, eh, yeah. And the, like, <laughs> he like, smirks like, yeah, that tracks. <laughs> I'm a creepy old cradle robber. <laughs> And then he invites, they go out, they decide that they're going to go on a date because the ice rink is closed on Tuesdays. Yep. Which this is apparently a Monday. Yeah. Apparently everything's just closed on Tuesdays except for beer with Buffy. So we're available for your download pleasure 24 seven. But, you know, not too much download pleasure. No. All the download pleasure. All the download pleasure. All of it. I didn't realize. That we were on that side of the internet. <laughs> that side of the internet is all of the internet. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And it's actually quite cute the way he asks her out on a date. Yeah. No, it was actually kind of romantic. And so, yeah, they're going to actually have a legitimate date. And that's kind yeah. of awesome. That's really nice. And this is the first scene that they actually kind of feel like a real couple. Yeah, a little bit. So, school. Back at the school. Yep. The career list is posted. Cordelia apparently gets to um, to possibly be a personal shopper or a motivational speaker. Xander is understandably <laughs> extremely confused by this. Yes. <laughs> and he gets to be a prison guard. <laughs> like, she could be a personal shopper. 
She gets to shop for her own personal things. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> She'd be great at that. She's already pretty great at that. But yeah, Xander is going to be a prison guard. Right. I mean, he can kind of handle himself in a fight. He would make a decent prison guard in that like in that circumstance. There's been at least a couple of occasions where he should have died immediately. Yeah. And didn't. And the career that the test has given for Buffy, which it makes the most goddamn sense as police officer. It kind of does. I'm kind of impressed that the test worked well enough to give her that result. So Willow wasn't on the list mysteriously yes. for fun reasons later. Um, Buffy's annoyed that Giles expects her to check in every day after homeroom cut to the library. Where the fuck is he bringing these books from? Right? Yeah. Like, he's bringing them to the library. Was this his home collection or something? Did he bring them in from his car? Maybe, but, like, is there a second library (laughs) somewhere on campus? (laughs) Uh, yeah, I mean, if he had, like, ordered them from somewhere... Obviously, they didn't have Amazon back then. Right. Uh, but he, he mentions that all these books are Watcher Diaries. Yeah. He didn't <laughs> already have those in the fucking library? No idea why. Or if they'd been sent to him by the uh, the Watcher Council or something, they would have come in a large U- USPS box. So th- this is this brings us to my very first kind of quote of the day. He's like, I've been going over these Watcher Diaries. He says, you'd be amazed how numbing, mind-numbingly pompous and long-winded some of these Watchers were. And she deadpans back to him, color me stunned. Yes. <laughs> color me stunned. He And he moves on like he didn't even notice the joke. And I love that about Giles. A fascinating color indeed. Stunned. <laughs> I have an honest question here with this scene. So Buffy is obviously down and somewhat depressed about the whole career thing. How do you feel about Giles? How, how do you feel about his reaction? She has legitimate reason to be sad here, I think, because she is the Slayer. She doesn't get to have a normal career. She doesn't get to have a normal life. These are things she's 16 for fuck's sake. Like, these are things that I think any 16-year-old in her position would be really fucking depressed about. Sure. He just kind of sloughs it off. Right. I do remember him chastising her or scolding her for not checking to see what was stolen. But, yeah, you're you're right. He did say something completely dismissive. And so, here's my, my main question here. There's two major ways to react to somebody who is two major okay ways to react to somebody in in a depressed position like she is Mm -hmm. and a is you talk to them about it you help them work through it not always an option but b the other option and this does sometimes work is you just kind of let it go and you just okay and move forward and that's kind of what giles is doing is this really like is this the better option for buffy if giles you know, Giles is a very articulate man. Yes. And I think had he taken a few minutes or the rest of the day or even the week or even made it a priority of his to regularly address these depressive episodes of hers and say, OK, this is a priority because you're important and what you do is important and you're important to me as a person. All of those things, I think that could have been a better option than I'm just going to wash over this. Right. And also, I find it really difficult to believe that they can't find a way to pay for her living expenses being the Slayer. Like, what is what is this Watcher Council doing? Yeah. It seems like somehow, shape or form, there should be some sort of like, hey, this woman, this woman is the chosen one. This is like something that she has to do. Maybe. Maybe we should help her live so that she can do it better. It's like if somebody had discovered Michael Jackson and said, wow, you really need to go rock this community theater for the rest of your life. Exactly. (laughs) Like, what the hell? (laughs) 
you need to do unpaid music gigs around your local bars for the rest of your life. Maybe you'll get some tips. If the watcher, if the watcher organization or whatever the fuck it is, is so large as to be a global organization, which apparently it is, as to be an organization the- with the resources to send somebody out to handle the Slayer, not just yeah. a Slayer, the Slayer, the Slayer. It's a whole fucking huge group of old stodgy Englishmen. Yeah, who. Like, put it upon themselves for every generation, one of them. A single Euler. One of them goes and helps the Slayer. Yeah. Like, there should be some fucking financial backing. She should be surrounded by watchers. They should have pulled her out of high school a long time ago. Yeah, and what's the deal with only being one watcher? (laughs) <laughs> like there should be two, three, four, even for fuck's sake, 18, they should go to her and her mom and be like, Hey, here's a mansion. Yeah. Like here's all the time and training. Here's homeschooling and like slay some vampires. We're putting you under fucking national protection. <laughs> like this is a, a fucking homeland security issue here. Yeah. Why is it? You just became the most important person on earth. Yes. But they write, like, it's written like it's supposed to be some secret society or some shit. Okay. Secret societies have fucking resources. Yes. Exactly. Jesus. (laughs) Anyway, tangent. Seriously, though, I can't believe we haven't had this tangent yet. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Exactly. So the next scene is we're back at uh, Spike and Drusilla's lair and the fucking thing that they stole is a goddamn cross, which, you know, if you're trying to hide information from a vampire, that makes some sense. Best place to store it. Um, Why not? Maybe, you know, do a little bit better job, though, of hiding (laughs) it. Hey, he had it buried with himself. What could be more protective than a corpse? (laughs) You know, burying it not in Hellmouth. <laughs> right? Like, oh, this is Sunnydale. Look, the Hellmouth is here. Let's bury the corpse here. There couldn't possibly be negative repercussions to this. <laughs> right? Moving along. So, Giles scolds her for not checking for what was stolen, and they make plans to go figure it out. Yep. And cut to Spike's lair. Yep. Ah, yes. And this is when Spike goes on a ridiculous little tangent that reminds me a little too much of the master. Yes. Yeah. So they're like, let's make him whine impotently about how much of a bother the Slayer is. And then Drew is apparently our current replacement for the annoying one. (laughs) Solves the issue. And you know what? She is the annoying one. She solves the issue with some nonsensical dribble. Oh, God. In this case, the Order of Taraka. It's an entirely new iteration of we shall bring in the three. I wrote down that exact same thing. <laughs> but here's here's my problem with this. When Spike is like, oh, we're going to bring in the big guns. We're going to bring in the Order of Taraka. The nerdy vampire dude is like, don't you think that's overkill? Who the fuck cares if it's overkill if she's fucking dead? Yeah. Well, which completely justifies his line. I think it's just enough kill. What the fuck is your problem, Mr. Nerdy Vampire Dude that I didn't get your name? Go read some books, <laughs> you asshole. I don't think they gave him a name. I just called him Asshat throughout my entire <laughs> right. notes. I called him Nerd Vamp. But, <laughs> asshat no, Nerd Vamp. Yeah, Asshat Nerd Vamp. Asshat Nerd... God damn. <laughs> asshat Nerd Vamp. That is surprisingly hard for me to say. Asshat Nerd Vamp. I'm either not drunk enough or too drunk to say it. The only way to test this theory is for you to drink more. Yes. But yeah, like, this sniveling asshole's deal is just to annoy the fuck out of us, I swear. Yeah. And frankly, the assassins clearly aren't that good. <laughs> no. So. <laughs> they really aren't. Anyway. To be fair, though, we really only see one of them in action. Yeah. The and we we see two of them really, but only one in actual action. You're going to ruin the surprise <laughs> ending, Rex. 
Fuck the surprise oh ending. Oh my god. Also, what's the deal with him saying, we need to bring in the big guns? Since when is Spike not the big guns? And in his mind, of course he's the big guns. When like, is he not his own big guns? Yeah, what the fuck? Maybe he should have said something of, oh, I have to focus on curing Drew. Time to outsource killing the Slayer. Yeah. Or something yeah, along those lines. Turn it into a very business-like thing. Exactly. Not this personal, I'm butthurt because I'm impotently whiny thing. Hey, got your steak. So yeah, after this, we get, we head back to the school. Yeah, we get our one and only Snyder scene. This whole scene is a perfect uh, example of Xander. Just stop talking. <laughs> just you really need to stop talking in the best way, shape, or form. Basically, the whole breakdown here is uh, they're talking about the career day. Uh, Willow's upset that she is not gotten any results whatsoever, uh-huh. and they run into Principal Snyder. Yep. And Xander's like, "Oh, Principal Snyder, I would like to go to Principal School because I look up to you. I would like to walk in your shoes." And he looks, <laughs> he looks down, and there's a pause, and he says, "Well, not your actual shoes because you're a tiny person." <laughs> Awkward pause. He goes, "Not tiny in a small sense, of course." Okay, I'm done now. I'm done now. <laughs> Yeah. God, that was... Oh, man. I was like, you really just called him a tiny person. He's just like, digging a hole. And then he stops. He's like, oh, God, I'm digging a hole. Time to dig more. And Snyder's just like, I'm going to sell you into slavery in the in the O quadrant. Not even Oda will be able to find you there. There's no O quadrant. What is there? There's gamma, delta... Alpha, theta... theta Gamma, Delta. There's four quadrants. You can tell there's four quadrants because the word quad. Quadrant. So the Omega Quadrant. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Yes. So Xander starts to say something like, well, for what it's worth, and he says, it's worth nothing, Harris. Whatever comes out of your mouth is meaningless, a waste of breath, an airborne toxic event. And I'm like, wow, that's a good band name. Somebody should use that. There is a band that uses Oh, that. right. Uh, it's one of my favorite bands. We've actually. actually seen them live. Yes. Yeah. That was fun. And Xander has... I, I don't understand why Xander can't retort this well to Cordelia. He says, <laughs> well, I'm glad you're so comfortable being that honest with me. And I can only hope that one day I'm in a position to be so honest with you. And I'm like, damn. Holy... There is a lot... <laughs> There's a lot of nuance to unwrapping that fucking comeback. There really is. I mean, first of all, any principal saying shit like that to a student should be fired outright. Exactly. And more importantly, that like from a position of authority, that is that is abuse on every level. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's it's disgusting. I really hope he gets eaten in like, I don't know, season 4 or something. I think season three. Pretty sure it's season four. Completely pointless argument. Yes. So <laughs> we'll eventually find out yes. whether we like it or not. Welcome to our hell, folks. Welcome to Josh's Hellmouth. <laughs> Ew. It's so slimy. No. Go be dirty somewhere else. So that's why he needs an ass hat. <laughs> It explains so much. Doesn't it? Oh, sloppy farts. Oh, man. <laughs> and then that's it for Snyder. Poop he's, jokes. He's, After that, he's he's no longer in the rest of the, the episode. That's it for Snyder and the poop jokes. Yeah. No, it's not. It's <laughs> that's uh, our daily quota of poop jokes. Snyder, Snyder walks off. Xander's like, hey, I have a date with the warden to find out about riot whatever. Hey, hey, boo-boo. And he walks off, and then these fucking suits come up, and they're like, Willow, will you come with us? No, no, no. Miss Rosenberg. Yes, Miss Rosenberg, Mm -hmm. will you come with us? And she's very confused, as she should be. She should be terrified, is what she should be. True. 
they work for this very rich software developer. Right, but, but the they way, look like FBI. But the way they approached her, they should have been like, excuse me, I'm a strange man. You know all the ones you've been warned about your entire life that you shouldn't follow? Well, I'd like you to follow me right now. <gasps> they look like they're going to wipe your brain, Willow. They're, they're going to wipe your brain. If you say no, anyway. <laughs> so she follows them. They don't even go but like five feet to a <laughs> fucking room with a black curtain. It's like they made a fucking blanket fort is what they did. <laughs> they did. Okay. Because did you notice where they were when they walked into that room? That was the like the lounge yeah, area. Yeah, it's, it's just some bullshit little <laughs> lounge area. Which they like warned off. <laughs> they're like, we've been watching you for a while. The test was irrelevant. And only one other student here at Sunnydale was remotely as good as you and is up for selection. And it's, it's Oz. Oz. There we go. Spoiler alert. It's Oz. This is the two scenes that Oz is in the show. What What the fuck was the food that they offered? I don't her? remember. It was some hoity-toity bullshit. I don't remember. He, Oz is sitting there. We're and poor. We she, just ate frozen yeah. pizza. Yes. Whatever. <laughs> She sits down next to him and he turns and looks at her in his entire body language. You just read, oh shit, it's that girl. It's that girl, yes. It reads so perfectly. It was beautiful. He didn't have to say a word. And he like he pauses and you can tell that he doesn't know what to say. And, the only, and he just holds out the, the tray and it's like, and food? The, and the only word he did say is that word that neither of us wrote down yes. or remember. And that's it. Yeah. What the hell happened to this scene? I want to know. I need more Oz and Willow, goddammit. Yeah. But then we cut to where Buffy was and where they were covering for Buffy. And it's the fucking graveyard in the daytime. And holy shit, is it weird. Which is the first time where we can confirm that it is a real fucking place and that kind of surprises me because i had always thought that the graveyard locations were a sound studio and a lot of them probably are so they find some stuff in the mausoleum this is a funny bit though because they're talking about buffy's issue with the career thing giles has this moment where he pauses he says well you know, you might be able to find a career that goes in line with your, your duty. Have you ever considered law enforcement, Buffy? <laughs> Buffy is unamused. So unamused. They go into the mausoleum. And Giles figures it out absurdly <laughs> fast. To be fair, the name on the mausoleum is a decent enough clue. If he recognizes the name, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's... uh. What did he call it? A, a reliquary or something like that? Something I don't fucking remember. Where you bury fucking relics. But we find out that this, it was a religious sect. They invented this cross to like decode the manuscript. And this is the only cross in existence. And of course, the only cross in existence is buried in fucking California. <laughs> yeah. He puts two and two together really quick that... It has something to do with the book that was stolen from the library two episodes ago in the episode Lie to Me. Yes. And he puts together a very st astute observation. Something's coming, and whatever it is, it's not going to be good. And that's that's just my abbreviation of the scene. Do you have anything else to add? No, it's, that's pretty much it. It's hard for me to say anything cool or, or witty or at all. I, I can usually make a few vowel sounds and... And I have to go away. I don't mean to interrupt your downward mobility. Yeah. You're the Slayer and we're like the Slayerettes. Oh, please. So then the next scene is... It's kind of a montage of scenes, really. Yes. It's the the order of Taraka showing up. Yes. The first dude who gets off a bus, I think, is in a metal a metal band. Yeah. He's... He plays bass guitar in a metal band. Well, the, the bass player is always the ugly one, by the way. I don't know <laughs> if you know that. He's the hairband Klingon that got away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very much so. He's like missing an eye. He has his eyes all milky white and like he has a scar on his face and he's... Hair needs learn to brush. Yeah. If you're going to have long hair, take care of it. That's yes. all I'm saying. He's the original drummer of the <laughs> hairband Klingons that they yes. kicked out. Because he was just too unruly. He was. He, he was needed, too unruly. He needed to be an assassin instead. <laughs> Super the, secret assassin. And then 
this other guy looks like a 50s fucking salesman and he's like actually legitimately going door to door goes to the fucking door next door to to buffy's well, house i think he picked this door on purpose well right but he goes up to the door knocks on the door and is like don't worry, I'm not selling anything. I just want to give you free samples for this beauty product. And she just lets him in like it's 1950. What the fuck is up with this woman? Right. Well, to be fair, it was still the 90s when that was not still completely unheard of. I don't think my family would have ever done this. Like My mom would have. Yeah. <laughs> But come on. <laughs> Let's not go into why that's not a relevant point. <laughs> but Joshua, they have free samples. I thought we kicked you out already. <laughs> go away and let us do our podcast. You can't talk to me that way, Rex. Rex, seriously, though, you're being a huge dick to my mom right now. And oh, So we, the last bit with this montage uh, is on an airport... And there's this African woman who gets off a plane and she like beats a ba- a, pa- a baggage handler. African? I don't know if she's supposed to be African or Jamaican or... Yeah. She's unquestionably from a predominantly black culture. That's her accent. Great. Yeah, I'll, but, I'll take your word for it, but I have some wonderfully culturally insensitive impressions to make later. <laughs> I'm sure you do. And it's going to be real fun. <laughs> but she beats up a package handler or baggage handler. And then we're to the library where they're talking about the cross. This is when Giles is uh, informing us what the cross means, who this fucking Duloc guy was. Yeah. And all this bullshit. Some fucking guy. And they're like, oh, we're going to have to research and research and research to find out what the fuck was in the book that they yeah. that they needed this cross for. And then so they decide to spend the evening researching to figure out what's in a book that they don't have anymore. I'm like, how the fuck does what is your plan for that? How are you going to figure out what's in a book that you don't have anymore? But fucking Buffy is like, hey, I have my date tonight. She doesn't say that. Yeah. She's like, I have my date tonight. I can't do this research thing. And she tries to opt out of researching. And Willow, being the good wing woman that she is, fucking covers for her. Oh, Willow did know about that, didn't she? She did. Ah. So she completely covers. And did you notice nobody told Xander that Buffy had a date? (laughs) And well, also, she uh, she cleverly hid it from Giles, who would have fought it. Now, here, however, it makes sense. They have previously hid her dates from Giles for the Slayer thing. Sure. But this is the first instance where they have hid her dates from Xander. And I think they're fucking learning. <laughs> I think they're fucking learning. I think they finally get that Xander cannot be trusted with this sort of information. Yeah. But Xander's all butthurt because who the fuck is going to get snacks if Buffy isn't there? <laughs> well, and another thing that bothered me is Buffy's excuse is she needs to get sleep in case she has to fight something later. Right. And also, she's bad with books. Excuse me, but the track record in this series is is that she pulls out more information from books than any other character, period. So yeah, she goes on her date. The next scene is she's ice skating. Yes. And I was so Mm -hmm. struck by how fucking well. She's really good. I looked it up. Did you know that she was a professional figure skater? That doesn't surprise me at all. Did you? I In the same fucking paragraph on Wikipedia, I also learned she is a black belt in Taekwondo. Shut the fuck up. This woman is a like graceful ice skater and has a black belt in Taekwondo. And they're still having like... Like, why are they having fucking stunt doubles and shit doing her fight choreography if she's a fucking black belt? I mean, that has to be why they cast her. It must. It must. Holy shit. Yeah, we have not done our research. This is a true failing. (laughs) At least we're figuring it out early on in season two. We're not even halfway through season two. No. So, whatever. 
That's my excuse. Shit, we're not even halfway through season two. Nope. Oh, God, we're going to be doing this a very long time, we're aren't we? are two more episodes away from being halfway through season two. <laughs> I think I just realized how long we have to do this podcast. Did you just shit I... yourself, Rex? A little bit. Yeah. Anyway, so Buffy's skating and she slips and falls. I don't think she so much slips and falls as she... She's bad at breaking? Fails to come to a stop effectively. Sure. I guess. Let's let's call that. Sure. And the dude, the assassin dude, just happens to be right there on the other side of the wall, the rink yep. wall. And grabs a hold of her. She fights him a little bit. She gets away. Angel shows up. Angel shows up. Angel is fighting. And holy shit, Slayer on skates. Slayer on <laughs> skates is a hell of a good idea. She should always be on skates. <laughs> she kicks him in the throat and cuts his throat. One kick and bam. So, was this guy oh, human? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm, like, I understand that this was cable TV at the time. But really, there should have been a pool should of blood. Should have been a pool of blood on the ice. She slit his throat. I have been watching way too much Walking Dead because I expected, <laughs> like, gore. You haven't been watching nearly enough Walking Dead. You're still not caught up with me. So she says, <laughs> the Hellmouth presents dead guys on ice. As the dead guy, As the dead guy breathes heavily on the ice. Did you notice that? No. You could totally see him breathing. Very clearly. Maybe he was still dying. Sure. <laughs> but the the next bit is actually like really fucking sweet. This moment made up for several of the really shitty moments. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so obviously Angel had to vamp out to fight this dude. Sure. And he got a cut on his brow. He did. And she's concerned about the cut. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, don't worry about it. And then she's oh, you like, you shouldn't have to touch me when I'm like this, Buffy. Right. And she I'm, actually starts making out with him while he's vamped out. I'm extra broody right now, Buffy. And her line is. You so can't touch me <laughs> while I'm this broody. Do you have any idea how broody I am right now? Damn it, Buffy. My broodiness levels just, are exponentially broody. Anyway, she. Her line is actually very sweet in that she's like, I didn't even actually notice. And she starts kissing him. Ew. Which, you know, a little dangerous to, like, French kiss someone with those teeth. Yeah, it looks sharp. Yeah. It it's looks very, very sharp. <laughs> but then we see the the woman who got off the plane, who actually is a vampire slayer, which we learn later. Oh, Jesus Christ. You ruined it, Rex. No, I didn't. You completely ruined no, it. No, I didn't. God damn. We see her off in the distance, and she's spying on them all voyeuristic. God, you suck at this. <laughs> I don't... You mean besides me? No, I didn't ask. You mean, you, you mean besides me? Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you, do you believe? I didn't ask. We have to achieve our dreams, otherwise we wither and die. We're going to the other cool place in Sunnydale. Then we cut back to the library where Giles figures out really quickly that this guy was from the Order of Taraka. Yep. Because they brought back the ring. I don't know yep. if they just left the body or what. Who cares? <laughs> I fucking hope so. I really do. They just, they got it with the Zamboni. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. The Zamboni can clean anything, I swear. <laughs> this reminds me of a picture I saw. Of somebody, they posted a picture of this Zamboni that was leaking transmission fluid. <laughs> and it just left this streak of red behind it. No shit. And they're like, the caption was, it's transmission fluid, I promise. <laughs> you notice in this scene especially, no one has time for Xander's shit. <laughs> I didn't notice. But maybe that's because I was just too busy enjoying not having to deal with Xander's <laughs> shit. But like he's try like he's desperately trying to be witty. And at one point in time, oh, yeah. Giles is like, shut up, Xander. That's enough of Xander. <laughs> and I'm like, oh God, Uncle's angry. He's he's the drunken uncle now. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but shut up, Xander. <laughs> you think you're funny? I'll show you funny. Oh, God. 
I really want to hear an, un- <laughs> an uncle synopsis now. <laughs> oh, God. One day. <laughs> right. So Giles is actually legitimately worried and concerned about these Taraka guys. They're this exceptionally elite League of Assassins. Assassins. They're these exceptionally elite League of Assassins <laughs> that date all the way back to the King of Solomon. Indiana was the dog's name. <laughs> Fuck you. Those are Assassins. Fuck you. Ming Dynasty. <laughs> Thank God. It's a fake. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> I like that that proves or showcases the fact that the number one movie that you have seen that has fucking (laughs) Sean Connery in it is fucking Indiana Jones. I suddenly remembered my Charlemagne. (laughs) The diaries in Berlin. (laughs) Now I'm just a pull string doll of Sean Connery. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, let it go, Junior. Giles legitimately freaks Buffy out with all this talk. He's saying that they need to sequester her away in safety, and she apparently just storms out. This is a moment where the episode takes an extreme tone change. I'm sorry, Sean. God damn it, <laughs> they got us. <laughs> I was hoping you were done. <laughs> You just keep going. You got this. I'm listening. (laughs) Am I the only one who takes this seriously? Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Anyway, this is when, from this point on, everything is way more serious than it was. Yeah. And so Buffy takes Giles' advice. Yeah. And... Runs the fuck away. She doesn't go home, which actually is really fucking smart. Yes. She goes to fucking Angel's house instead. And so they're freaking out that they can't find her. And I'm like, wait, they didn't discuss this at all before she left? She just went, you know what? That's probably better that they don't know where she is. No, no one knows where she is. That That's way they good. can't they can't torture any information out of them. Exactly. It's better this way. However, this most of this episode is still nothing that couldn't have been solved with a cell phone. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Like this whole episode would have gone down way different. So yeah, Buffy uh has a little bit of a moment with Oz because she's freaking out and she's like, "Hey, try something." And like pins Oz against a wall. He's running up way too fast behind her for whatever reason. Yep. And I thought it was at least a nice little bit of like showing them that Showing the audience that he's just a student here. Yeah. And because he's not part of the show yet, yeah. so to speak. But he's, he's in the music cr- crowd. He's like that offshoot of popular kids, like hipster popular kids. Whereas Buffy and Willow and uh, Xander are clearly the nerdy kids. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, Buffy, it gets late at night. She walks to her house but doesn't go in her house, which is good because the other the other assassin dude is next door. Is that right next door? Yes. Okay. Right next door. He's sitting at a fucking window with fucking binoculars looking into her bedroom, for fuck's sake. All right, is... Is she across the? Is it across the street from Buffy's? No, it is next door. Directly next door. Directly next door. Okay. I didn't write down when this happened, but at some point we see that he's actually like made of worms. We've already seen him enter the woman's house, yep. and we hear a, a blood curdling scream, but we don't know exactly what happened. Right. And then we see the place covered in worms, and this guy's covered in worms, and he he's a lot like the guy from. Uh, a Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, the um, he's just a big uh, bag bo- of worms. Yeah, the boogeyman, oogie boogie, oogie yeah, boogie. the oogie boogie man. And so his arm like forms out of worms. This is ac- now. I don't know of the actual like origin of this kind of legendary sort of thing, mm-hmm. but in D and D, this is considered what's called a worm that walks, hmm. and it is an evil necromancer. That has been eaten by worms and like possesses a swarm of worms. Mm-hmm. It's really fucking terrifying. Blech. Yeah. Gah. I don't even. <laughs> I I can't even fish anymore. I don't, I don't like putting worms on hooks. I can't do it. <laughs> Dig this. Dig this. Sire has a wings. Sire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet. 
James and water, Anyway, she doesn't go home. She goes to Angel's house, which this is the first time we truly get a good sense of what Angel's house feels like. And I want his fucking apartment, dude. I I do, too. (laughs) The man's really had time to move in. Yeah. (laughs) We see his desk with books around it and everything. There's like some display cases. I've never hung that many pictures. Oh, God, no. Look at my, like, the listeners can't see my apartment, but yeah. my apartment has 100% bare walls. If you could all take a look at Rex's walls right now. <laughs> no, just look. You guys, you're not looking. <laughs> they can't see. Just this look. This is an audio recording. Look at the walls, you guys. I'm, I'm t- all right, fine. <laughs> Don't. You guys are assholes. God damn. <laughs> Try to have a conversation. Anyway. We'll just mechanically talk about Buffy. Anyway, moving on. Angel is trying to find out more about who hired the Order of Taraka. And he goes to Willie's. I don't know if you recall this, but Willie is a reoccurring character. And Willie's bar is a reoccurring setting. I I thought he seemed familiar. I don't remember him being a reoccurring character in Buffy, though. No, this is the first episode we see him, but he actually will come back many, many times. He is an underworld informant. He explains that obviously it was Spike who fucking hired the Order of Taraka. Ooh, Angel really needed to fucking research yeah. that. And then, so yeah, the whole his whole conversation with Willie amounts to nothing. And then this Jasmine-looking chick shows up and starts fighting him there. And kicks his ass. Whomps him into a cage in the back room. My favorite part, though, Specifically. is she kicks his ass and he is on the floor, like in a pile of bottles and shit. Yeah. And he's like... Give up now. Tell me why you're why you're fighting. <laughs> and I'll let you live from the fucking ground. Yeah. Yeah, that was you funny. You can't threaten people from the ground. <laughs> you're losing. And she kind of brings that up. So <laughs> I, I think it's as good a time as any for uh, Josh's completely culturally insensitive oh, impression of a completely culturally insensitive and I'm fairly certain completely fake accent that they made up. I definitely feel like it is a fake accent that the actress is making. I do not think that it is a made up accent. It's like the accent that you hear in every video game with a, it just, it reminds me of monkey Island. (laughs) Oh God. If you've played that, I have a little bit. Okay. There's this witch woman. I have not seen this Who's got this big pot and, you know, like severed monkey heads and all sorts of dead body parts. Anyway, she locks Angel in this cage thing. She's like, I think it's funny now. That gyal, the one I saw you with before. (laughs) I'm afraid you are not in a position to threaten. Oh, God, that's bad. It was that bad, though. No, you're worse. That's no. That's what she sounded like. You're definitely worse, though. Definitely a Jamaican accent. (laughs) (laughs) I I think you are very bad at it. Okay, but yes, she locks Angel in a cage, and there are windows that are east facing. The sun will be coming (laughs) in a few hours. More than enough for me to find your girlfriend. The way she says, girl. Uh, more, more like Garl. Garl. Garlfriend. No, watch it again. I don't want to. <laughs> you already <laughs> sat through it once. It's Garl. <laughs> There's no R, Rex. So the next, cu- the next couple of scenes. Garl. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> okay, so the next couple of scenes I think are supposed to be happening very early morning. This is when Giles is on the phone with Xander and he goes, hey... Go check up on Buffy. I don't care how you get there. Ask Cordy. And he does. How the fuck does he get to her house in the first place then? If he never asks Cordy for a ride. Willow doesn't have a car. Right. He probably lives right behind her, but because the streets don't connect, they have to drive. Right. (laughs) But every now and then, he's okay with being the bad kid and just walking through the backyard. Giles goes and wakes up Willow 
who's like, don't warn the tadpoles when she wakes up. (laughs) And he's like, don't warn the tadpoles. And she's don't warn the tadpoles. She goes, uh, I, I have frog fear and I have a question. And they just left it. I have an important question. Oh, frog fear. If her worry was that they were going to warn the tadpoles, is she in her dreams causing frog genocide? <laughs> Why don't you want to warn the tadpoles, Willow? Right. Moving along. But they discover that they have a ritual for healing Drew. That's that's what they discover. Yeah. Well, discovered or guessed at correctly yeah, really quickly. They guessed correctly. Um, and then we cut to Buffy's house, where Cordy actually has given Xander a ride. And so Cordy's like, what am I, mass transportation? Xander says, that's what the guys are saying, but that's oh, just God. locker room talk. Pay it no heed. She says, so now I'm your taxi and your punching bag, which I'm sorry. Like, Xander's constantly your punching bag. You got no yeah. leg to stand on. But then he says... I prefer to think of you as my witless foil, but have it your way. And you know what? They are very good, strong foils for each other. They are. They're. It's really fun whenever those two get together. Now, so this whole scene is them breaking into Buffy's house, which they do way too easily. Way too easily. <laughs> but Xander this whole time is talking to, to Cordy about how they're worried about Buffy. And the fucking worm guy comes from next door yeah. and knocks on the door. And Cordy just lets him in. Right. Like in. it's the 1950s again. Free stuff, man. You know, okay, you're not wrong on that <laughs> front, I guess. And yeah, of course she would want free shit. Uh, the next scene, though, is Buffy wakes up from sleeping in Angel's house. Buffy wakes up and is immediately being attacked by the, the woman who... Whom we now know to be Kendra. Yep. And how the fuck does Kendra know where the fuck Angel lives? Hmm. Second, how the fuck does she know that Buffy, who nobody knows where the fuck Buffy is, how the fuck does she know that Buffy is at Angel's house? Maybe she stole Angel's wallet. And maybe he was just dumb enough to have something in there that could track back to his apartment. Okay, that's a slight possibility i guess but how does how does she know where buffy is she didn't maybe she was just checking out his apartment for more clues i suppose but the last line of the entire fucking episode is kendra saying i'm kendra i'm the vampire slayer and she says vampire very weirdly i am the vampire slayer the vampire the vampire Dun, dun, dun. Dun, End of episode to be continued. And it was a very sudden ending. There's no wrap up whatsoever. (laughs) Gerard. Gerard. I'm sorry. That never happens to me, baby. I swear. (laughs) That's how this episode ended. You're not wrong. (laughs) Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. Strength. Give, give, give me more. Nice. I shall walk in here. Hold on. You've got something here. So how did you feel about this episode, Rex? I, mixed. There's some parts about it that I really like, but I dislike the kind of off tone that the whole career thing gives. I dislike some of the ways that the the other characters interact with Buffy in her existential what the fuck am I doing with life crisis. Sure. But other than that, I think it was okay. I think there was a great deal of fucking lazy ass writing for this episode. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about a great deal of lazy ass writing, but uh, when I am able to say that I was disappointed by Spike. Yeah. That is not a good sign. Okay, why is Drew sick? This looks like a complete red herring for Spike yep. to do evil things. And exactly. oh, we need exactly we need something for uh, Buffy to be anxious about. Well, all kids are anxious about careers. Why can't Buffy be anxious about a career? Yeah, who? She doesn't give a fuck. I don't believe it for a second. It's bullshit. Buffy, to me, as a character, seems like the kind of person who would be like, no, fuck this career bullshit. I'm the Slayer. 
That's what her the I- fuck do I care? That's her identity. Like, I get that she's feeling left out and that she, you know, doesn't necessarily get to engage in scholastic activities the same way as her friends and that she longs for a normal life because there are extra stressors that come along with being a slayer. But I never wanted to think about what I was going to be when I grew up, and I hated that question. Yeah. Yeah. But like, even when I was in college, people still kept asking me, so what are you going to do with your degree when you graduate? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> Get a degree. Make money. But- <laughs> wow, that didn't work, did it? <laughs> <laughs> What's your quote of the day, Rex? I have to go with I lurk. <laughs> 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 like, I I love the offhanded delivery, the fact that it's not remotely addressed. It's just the moment he's like, I lurk. She just accepts it. I lurk. What's your quote of the day? I got to give it to the, uh, the tandem Snyder-Xander conversation. I knew it was going to involve Snyder. Xander says... Well, I'm glad you're so comfortable being that honest with me, and I can only hope that one day I'm in a position to be so honest with you. It's mainly a Xander quote. Points to Xander on that That one. was just a good retort. Yes. And I aim to keep that in my repertoire it's for future use. It's such a good retort that Snyder literally has no fucking comeback whatsoever. He's like, you know what? I'm done with you, and walks away. Definitely. Yeah, I, I have to agree. That's an excellent fucking quote. So this has been Beer with Buffy. Find us on Facebook and Twitter. Like, subscribe. You can find us on pretty much any podcast service that's out there. If you find one that we're not part of, just email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. Other than that, thanks again, as always, to Ben Alexander for our lovely music. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Have a good night. done why are we watching this <laughs>